Going Linux episode 447, listener feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want to send us feedback, feel free to send us an email at goinglinux at gmail.com or a voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hey, Bill. Hey, Larry. I have a bit of an announcement. I'm not sure when our recording will go out, uh, and uh, we've we've missed a couple of recording sessions, so this is a little later than I wanted it to be, but the 21st annual Southern California Linux Expo Scale 21X will be held this coming year on March 14th to 17th at the Pasadena Convention Center in, pa in Pasadena, California, uh, which of course is near Los Angeles. Uh, I was hoping to get this out before the call for papers closed, so if you wanted to uh, have a uh, uh, if you wanted to do a presentation there, you could, but the call for papers closed November 1st, so we've missed that deadline. However, registration is still open, and we'll have a link to visit their website in the show notes for the registration if you want to attend March 14th to 17th. Are you going? Uh, probably not. I've got a few things going on about that time. Uh, it's a little too far in the future for me to tell, but we'll see. If I can, I will, but I really don't think so. For some reason, March has been busy for me for the past few years. <laughs> it's been busy the past few months. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. yeah, it's true. So, we missed uh, a, few, uh, a few stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You got anything we uh, should know about, Bill? Are you trying any new distros or any old distros or? No, I'm just, I just, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Uh, today is pretty benign. I'm just running, um, uh, the stock Ubuntu, the 22.04.3 LTS. It's mm -hmm. working fine. I, I had a few, uh, technical issues, uh, and I just finally just did a clean install and got everything reloaded and, I think I'm going to just stay here. I do want to look at Pop OS. Mm -hmm. I've, everybody keeps saying, you've got to check it out. You've got to check it out. So I might. But uh, right now, it, with work and holidays and stuff, it's like, that's kind of a, a lower priority right this second. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't do the weather forecast, right? Yeah, it's, it's cold. Day too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, you know, with the holidays and everything, uh, last time we were going to record, I had technical issues, um, and, uh, nothing seemed to work. It did right after we said, well, we'll just record later. I went mm -hmm. on, I was on vacation and, uh, uh, so <laughs> it was like, 
Every time we record, I either I was doing something or something broke. So I made sure last night that everything was um, running so we wouldn't go through that again. Yeah. And yeah, it's not all on you. I was uh, busy on a couple of times we were trying to record as well. And so anyway, I'm glad we're yeah. recording. <laughs> yes, finally. So, finally. Uh how about you? Anything uh, earth-shattering? I know you were telling me a little bit about um, using uh, cinnamon. Yeah, Ubuntu cinnamon. Yeah. I decided to try the interim release on my convertible uh, Lenovo laptop. And the problems that I had um, with uh, 2204, I think was the one I had on there, the LTS, um, there were some problems with that and then I upgraded to 2304 in order to take advantage of some of the interim release features and with 2304 I still had a few issues uh, particularly um, I had to do some manual configuration to get the tablet um, touch screen working with the pen you know the stylus and uh-huh. the not all of the icons would appear in the system tray in the in the panel, so I had some workarounds for that. But uh, I upgraded when I upgraded to twenty three ten. They have fixed all of those problems. So the only thing I had to tweak was the the uh, side button on the stylus. I had to manually enable that. Other than that, everything went perfectly smooth everything's working out of the box and i'm very very happy with ubuntu cinnamon on that for a tablet device in a laptop it's it's really good does the rotate work on it yep works out of the box no problem that's uh, impressive just flip the screen back and it disables the keyboard so that your fingers don't actually uh don't accidentally do things when you don't want them to, and uh, when you turn it uh, 90 degrees, it turns. Turn it 180 degrees, it turns, and it it works. It works. They got all that working out of the box. Yeah, that used to be the, one of the hardest things to get to work, so that's cool. Yeah, so given that this is now an official flavor of Ubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Cinnamon, uh, it's it's good to see that for the next long-term support release, they'll have everything working beautifully. So um, I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I, I was telling you a little earlier, um, after I had installed this uh, stock Ubuntu, I was just kind of, you know, checking out some of the stuff that has changed since I've run just a vanilla version of it mm-hmm. and uh, I point, and I said hey uh, d- mine says that the windowing system is Wayland now yeah so, you mentioned that and I don't remember Ubuntu announcing that they went to Wayland but I guess they have so yeah hmm, interesting it, I haven't run across anything um, notable you know it just worked fine. Uh, actually, I think it's worked a little better. The they've uh, streamlined the install, so that was nice. But anyway, uh, I say let's get into our first of our feedback. Okay, let's do that. 
Our first feedback comes from Liz, who wrote us about episode 446, and she writes, The character map, but you have to wade through all the foreign crap. There is a search which helps. I have deleted a lot of the foreign crap on my mint mate, but there's still lots in there. I live in the USA, and all the foreign crap is installed by default. Hmm, okay. And she continues... VirtualBox at one time in the past worked well. Now VirtualBox no longer follows the system theme and will no longer start from a shortcut in Mint Mate. And you better not shut down the VirtualBox manager until the VM totally shuts down. VirtualBox is a mess anymore and there's not much out there and not much that's easy. I've given up on Linux podcasts, my Smartphone died, tried a new one, and the new Android sucks. Got a flip phone, gpotter in mintmate, gpotter.net is defunct, and you have to find it yourself, and there's just not many good Linux podcasts anymore. My past favorite is quit. Technology anymore is disappointing. Wow, sounds like Liz has a <laughs> a bad attitude here. <laughs> About everything. <laughs> um, I think by foreign crap, she's talking about all the language support. Oh, well, okay. Um, I think the language support's mainly in there for, uh, you know, people have different languages or they're trying to use it. Or Yeah, not so everybody speaks English, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you got Spanish, French, uh, Arabic. Uh, you know, Italian. So the whole list there's of a lot them, yeah. of work that goes into that. Um, yeah, I've never worried about deleting the foreign crap you know, in any of mine. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't seem to affect anything for me. But I, I don't know um, about the virtual box. I uh, I don't use that very much. And I know you use it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, That's um, my testing ground for new distros and things, or old yeah. distros, and it, it works. It works better uh, on some distros than Vert Manager, which is the one that was developed by Red Hat and is uh, open source. But uh, VirtualBox is proprietary. Um, but for example, I can't get some of the Ubuntu Cinnamon running on Vert Manager, and it runs just fine on VirtualBox. So I don't know what it is about those particular images, but um, uh, yeah, VirtualBox works for some things, and Vert Manager is the one I try to use for, for most things because it's open source. And, and I don't know what the difference in the new Android, because I don't have an Android phone. I use, My phone is a iPhone. But mm-hmm. I haven't heard anybody else say that they didn't like it, but she says she got, got a flip phone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, hey, okay. Um, yeah, if what you want to do is make phone calls. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know there's uh, some of the new flip phones, you know, that new Motorola Razor, but uh, uh, but that's Android. Um, yeah. You know, it has that, that screen that folds. Um, but G-Potter... That's I didn't know I hadn't heard anything about G Potter. It's defunct. Huh. 
Yeah, the website doesn't work. You can still find packages to install gpotter on various devices. But it's uh you've got to kind of go hunt for it like like Liz said. And I haven't checked it in a while, but I suspect you're getting an old version of it, so who knows how secure it is. Yeah, I I, I don't know uh I mean these are a few problems. I I would encourage uh her not to give <laughs> give up, but uh whatever is easier for her, um uh, I say go for it, but uh there's other alternatives to VirtualBox and uh even uh the Android there's there's what is it, the um the one where you can uh flash it with the with the different um Android based uh operating systems mm-hmm. that are open source. And there's other podcasts. I mean, sometimes you have to uh, see what's out there. Sometimes it's something's better. So uh, I would encourage yeah. you not to give up. Yeah, absolutely. And I just went to the gpotter.net website, and it opens. Maybe it's just not functioning properly. I don't know. Huh. Well, but I would... Internal server error, it says, when you try to do uh, anything inter- there. Yeah. Uh, what... Uh... A podcast catcher do you use? Maybe we can recommend a few for her that at least maybe help her out. Oh, wow. So um, I have tried a few, and some of the ones, some of the newer ones, um, okay. but none of them seem to work all that well, maybe because oh. they're so new. So I'm just okay. using the out of the box. Um, uh, podcast app on my iPhone. That's what that's what I use. Yeah, that's, I pretty much use that too. Uh, yeah, because I know it's going to work with the iPhone. <laughs> well, I I don't, I always have my phone with me. That's where I listen to the majority of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look here and see if they have uh, in this new one here. Uh, I don't see um let me open application in she's using um the mint mate, right? That's what she said. Okay. Let's see what we got. Exciting show uh show we got going here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um um there's several that's listed, so I would say um she should probably give uh go into the boutique, I think that's what Mint calls it. Oh, uh, not Mint, Mate calls it. And go in, into uh, either entertainment or, or the uh, internet and see if there's some uh, highly rated uh, podcasts um, mm-hmm. for her. Search for podcast apps or new podcast apps and... You'll find several references. I I just found a whole list of them here. Antennapod, Anytime Podcast Player, Odyssey, Breeze, Castomatic. I'm just kind of skipping a few here. Focus yeah. Podcast. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of options, whether you're on Android or um, uh, iPhone or something else. Uh, G Potter is still listed. Hmm. Uh, so it's still listed as active. 
Um, it's listed in this uh, article from November 2023. Okay. And that's, uh, yeah. And where when I click on the link, it goes to gpotter.github.io. So wow. I think you have to go to GitHub to get it as opposed to the gpotter.net website. That may be what's going on. And um, she said something about the theming. What is that? I don't, is that all? If I don't know how that works in uh, Mate. Uh, do they have uh, theming guidelines or is that, is that up to that application uh, to, to pull in the, the theming um, for it? Yeah, I'm trying to remember Mate itself as opposed to whether it's Mint Mate or, you know, uh, Ubuntu Mate or whatever. Does Mint have theming? I think they no, I mean, might. No, Mint. I keep saying Mint, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I Mate. Mate. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Mate has theming, but I'm not sure. I know that the distribution itself will have theming. So that may be what's going on here. Her comment on themes was related to podcasts. Where's this thing about themes? Hang on. Where is that reference to themes? Oh, there it is. VirtualBox system yeah. theme will no longer start. Yeah, so I think that's probably a VirtualBox thing as opposed to a uh, Mint or a Mate thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry you're so disappointed, Liz. <laughs> so what? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so this, she's so talking about Mint. Okay. So Mint Mate. Okay. Uh, Liz, you could try Ubuntu Mate and mm -hmm. see if that might solve some of the problems. Because, you know, Mint is a separate uh, uh, project, and uh, some of that might uh, be cleared up. I'm just trying to offer some uh, ideas. Yep. Okay, well, um, again, sorry you're so disappointed yeah. with life. Uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's get, get on to something a little more upbeat, it, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Liz. Um, so our next one comes from Troy who wrote about episode 445, he writes, Hi guys, in response to Phil in episode 445, the easiest way I've found so far to connect to Google Drive is in Linux Mint, specifically. In your settings, there's a place called Online Accounts, where you can choose your Google account, whether Gmail or Google Workspace, and sign in. Once you do, when you open your file manager, i.e. Nemo, in the left column you will see the Gmail address in the list under the network category. If you click on that, it will mount your Google account as a network folder, in which case an icon will appear on your desktop. You can then browse your My Drive, shared drives, etc. as if you were using a shared folder on your network. You can drag and drop files into the window, in which case they are copied to the cloud. If, let's say, you double-click on an Office document or spreadsheet while in this window, it will open the file in the appropriate program 
locally installed on your computer, and you can then edit the file directly with from the cloud without having to download or upload your file like you do in the browser. It essentially works almost just like Google Drive for desktop, formerly known as Google Drive File System. The only exception is it does not offer the ability to automatically back up your, your pictures to Google Photos like the original Google tool does. Other than that, it works seamlessly. Troy, a.k.a. Jack Durth. All right. Okay. That, that's good. Yeah, good to know. Uh, so, thanks, it, 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 yeah, thanks. Uh, so, oh, yeah, the only thing is it, oh, it doesn't automatically back up your folders. I mean, right. your photos. That's photos, pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, and I would think that you could probably, if your photos are coming from your phone to your Linux Mint, you could probably run a cron job or something to send them over to the um, to the Google Drive if you wanted to do that as a backup, but maybe your phone can do that. I don't know. Yeah, that that's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. You can, uh, it will open up the uh, file in the cloud in the the, in uh, the right yeah application in yeah. the right program yeah that's that's handy yeah so I'm glad to see that that works and yes. I don't know whether it works out of the box or whether you have to enable something but that's something you could find out in the Linux Mint forums okay okay so our next email is from Biku who wrote about archiving show notes and a few things more. Hi there, guys. My suggestion for archiving show notes is to use a Git repository and save all show notes there in either plain text, markdown, or HTML files where each episode gets its own show note file. The files can be named after episodes like this, gl underscore ep1.txt, gl underscore ep2.html, etc., etc., you get the idea, right? This has several advantages over dedicated website, like being easy to set up, easy to maintain, easy to edit, easy to search, etc. Instead of using the usual suspects like GitHub and GitLab, I'd suggest you go with either Codeberg or Not a Bug. They are open source and they are considerably lighter and faster. And he provides the links. We'll include those in the show notes. He says, for command line and text UI apps might feel awkward at first to a new user, but they also open up a new and fascinating world of applications. You name a task and there will be multiple CLI, TUI applications available for that particular task. And in many cases, these CLI and TUI apps offer better functionality and experience than their GUI counterparts. Here's a gigantic list of such applications for the listeners to explore. We'll have that link as well. Bill mentioned that he mostly does email-related stuff on his phone. In that case, he is most likely using the email client that came pre-installed with the phone. I can't imagine him accessing emails via his phone's browser. Keep up the great work. And 73. Biku. Well, that way of... Show notes sounds like a lot of work for me. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to do that. But uh, thanks for the suggestion. Um, maybe someone else can get some 
value out of that. And I didn't know about Codeberg or Not a Bug as alternatives to GitHub and GitLab. Um, yeah. So actually, I use both methods of accessing my email. I have uh, the app that's installed and you know my Gmail, but I have a another email account that I have for uh, friends and family that. Uh, I do not uh, have. I actually open the browser in my on my phone and enter my credentials that way uh, and view it from the website because the um, the app on some of these um, not free services uh, don't seem to work as well. So I just I use my browser, but yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's fine. They have a web, a web interface for the email service I use, uh, for my, uh, friends and family. And when we, you know, it's for, uh, just not for general consumption. It's just, uh, a few people that, you know, we go back and forth with. So anyway, uh, it does work. So, <laughs> but he did, he did continue with the part two. And he said a couple of email client suggestions for Sean. Uh, CMonkey, and he gives the link. Uh, uh, I don't know how you pronounce this. A E R C Eric. Eric. And. I don't know. Ark, maybe? Maybe. Uh, uh, I, you know. Anyway, and for the folks like Larry and Bill who like to check their emails in a browser, there is an option that gives you the best of both worlds, and it's called Vivaldi. It has an email client uh, email client backed right into it, and he gives the <laughs> Vivaldi uh, link for that. This is a 100% working solution for folks who like to sync their files with Google Drive, and it's called R-Clone. Not only... It supports Google Drive, but it also supports virtually every cloud storage provider under the sun. Our clone uh, primary is a command line uh, driven, but it has a web-based uh, interface that also exists. There also exists a third-party GUI or graphical user interface client for our clone called our clone browser. The links are in the show notes. Sean also mentioned an interest in a persistent live system. There is a wonderful free BSD-based project called Nomad BSD, and it completely fits the bill for Sean. Uh, I said Sean was also curious about recording and voice calling. There is a couple of great options that he might like to try that are Mumble and Miro Talk. And we've heard about these. Uh, the, several people have told, told us about these uh, two mm-hmm. that we should try. I think we tried Mumble one time. It didn't work very well, but it could have changed. Uh, and lastly, I think my last two feedback emails have somewhat managed to escape your attention. They were titled Re-Episode 443 and Re-Episode 444. Thanks. Uh, 73 Biku. Yeah, those uh, episodes, we actually included um, the 444 one in this uh, in this uh, episode of our podcast. And okay. the 443 one, I'm going to have to go back and check. Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know where that went. So I'll take another look. 
Viku, thanks for everything. And uh, anybody's interested in what he just uh, pointed out with Mumble or Mirror Talk or any of the other, uh, the Nomad BSD, the links are in the show notes if you want to check them out. You bet. Okay, our next email is from Jack from Ottawa, Canada, who wrote about partition format. Greetings, Bill and Larry. Love your podcast. Always watching for the latest episode. I am preparing to go full Linux when support for Windows 10 stops. Mint, but not necessarily. My desktop machine will have a dedicated SSD, EXT4, Linux setup. I also have several other mechanical internal storage drives formatted NTFS and BitLockered. I will remove BitLocker. Should I leave them NTFS when I switch to Linux? I would also need encryption on the storage drives thinking of VeraCrypt, or do you suggest something else? Would greatly appreciate your advice. Thanks again, Jack. Okay, Jack. Um, As far as, well, first of all, uh, glad to hear that you will be going full Linux. Uh, If you don't have a need to access those files from a Windows-based computer, I would ditch the NTFS and switch those over to the same file format as your desktop machine, ext4. And as far as the um, encryption is concerned, when you install most modern Linux distributions these days, they will ask you if you want to enable encryption for the entire drive uh, on startup. And if you decide that that's not something that you want to do, then VeraCrypt is a good option. And there may be others out there. I've used VeraCrypt. Uh, I don't have any experience with encrypting a drive using the encryption provided by the distribution. So I can't really comment on that. Uh, but BitLocker, yeah, that, that works like the encryption from the distribution does. It encrypts the drive when it's not running and of course it has to decrypt it in order to access files but as soon as you suspend or as soon as you shut off your computer everything gets encrypted again i think i saw in mint cinnamon that it gives you the option of encrypting while the screen is blank uh in other words you know you with a laptop you close the lid and it doesn't log you off but it puts it into a suspension mode, uh, a sleep mode. So when it's asleep, it will encrypt. Uh, and if I'm not incorrect here, I think Ubuntu Cinnamon gives you the option of enabling or disabling the encryption at that time. So um, check out the encryption provided by your Linux distribution and see if that works. And if you find that is valuable, you're all set. You don't need to get anything else. Yeah, he definitely wants to get rid of the NTFS if he doesn't need to, um, you know, interact with other Windows machines. Linux will access the NTFS. Um, and, yeah. No problem. And you can get an add-on for Windows to access EXT4. You just won't be able to write to it. You can take stuff so, off, but you won't be able to write. Now, Linux can write to the NTFS, too. Yes, yes. You could... You could, if you wanted to, um, 
format all your hard drives for Linux computers as NTFS. I don't know why you would want to do that, but you could. Yeah. And just for those who aren't familiar with it, NTFS is the format for Windows and EXT4, and there are others, uh, are the formats you would use for Linux. NTFS is not a bad file system, but I think there are better ones out there for what you want exactly. to do. Exactly. Yep. So, Biku also wrote about 444. Hey, Biku, we found go. the one that you mentioned. He <laughs> <laughs> is. Hi there, guys. Episode 444 was a good introductory episode to the somewhat mysterious concept called desktop environment. Nicely done. Kudos. You guys missed a desktop environment, the one that I sell as the best candidate for Larry's 13-year-old even better than LXDE-QT. So he's talking, uh, this is something other than LXDE one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was wondering about what DE do you guys miss? Well, let me enlighten you guys then. Enlightenment. <laughs> oh, I see the pun. <laughs> uh, its first its first release was in 1997, and the latest stable release came in September 2022. It usually comes with its own file system called EFM, a terminal emulator called Terminology, a video player called Rage, a photo viewer called ePhoto, a text editor called eCryer, eCryer or whatever, eCryer, whatever it is, uh, a process monitor called EVSum, a simple image viewer called Entice, a screen magnifier measuring tool called eRuler, and an IDE called EDE. Okay. They're taking a cue from KDE. <laughs> yeah. Started Lots of E's. E. Yeah. All right. uh, I guess for E for enlightenment, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It requires minimal resources to run, and it has a bling-bling look that is quite attractive, to be honest, and its configuration uh, management options are second only to KDE. The distros that implement Enlightenment the best are Bodhi, Linux, and InLive, and he provides links to both those projects, and also to the Enlightenment uh, project. P.S. For Bill and other fans of uh, Deep NDE, Ubuntu DDE is a marriage of Ubuntu and DDE that lets you enjoy the perks of DDE without uh, worrying about your privacy and the xenophobia. Fear of China. Yeah, fear of China. Uh, 73 BQ. Okay. Um he asked, what DEs do we miss? And, um, you know, the one that I used, I run way back, the, the projects, uh, stopped. It, it was called, um, it had an open box. It was, oh, I can't remember the exact name of it anymore. Um, mm. but it was a customized open box. It was really, um, streamlined. It was, uh, dark themed and it run like, blazingly fast mm-hmm. and um, I think it finally 
I know they closed the pro, they shut down the project. I think someone might have picked up, but I think it's based on Arch now. And so, um, yeah, I, I can't remember what it is. It's, it used Open Box and a few other things. I enjoyed that a lot. Open Box in general, uh, is very customizable. Uh, I haven't used it in a while, but, uh, that's one I do miss because it was just, it was it was kind of uh, very minimalistic. It didn't have a mm-hmm. lot of flash, but it was but it did everything very well. Um, other than that, I can't think of any any other ones um, that I miss. I will not say I do not miss Unity, <laughs> but that's yeah. just me. Just you, yeah. Yet you are using plain vanilla Ubuntu right now. Huh. Yeah, but it's GNOME, and I've tweaked it, but yeah, it's not my favorite either. Remember, I was telling you I can't, remember uh, before we started recording, I was saying I can't move certain things to where I want them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm picky. I'm yep. picky. But anyway, what about you? Um. Yeah, so I, uh, as far as open box is concerned, I haven't used anything with open box for years and years and years. And that might that might work. Um, and enlightenment, I we we didn't review it, that's for sure. But it's definitely one that's up and coming and has a few more updates in the past little while. Uh, there was a stable release as as Biku mentions in in twenty twenty two. But I know the development still goes on, and it gets better and better and better, and it's one I'm tempted to try out again. Huh. All um, right. He said Bo- uh, Bodai. Uh, yeah, has it? Bodhi. Yeah. I might, I, I run Bodai a long time ago. I might have to look at that again. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Biku. You get, I, I keep saying I don't want to mess with my uh, Linux install, and you keep throwing all these good ideas. Yes. There you go. Well, good luck, Bill. Um, <laughs> good luck resisting. All right. Reed wrote, not Ubuntu Mate, but still good. Dear Bill and Larry, I've been a user of Ubuntu Mate since I started listening to your show many years ago, and I have always loved it and more importantly found it to be solid and reliable with excellent usable documentation. I'm currently using it on two computers, a laptop and a System76 desktop. And even though I've branched out with other distros a couple of times, I always seem to return to Old Faithful. You made an enduring sale. Recently, though, I got curious about Zorin. Zorin OS, make your computer better. And I guess that's their tagline or something. And installed it on a 12-year-old ThinkPad i5, 8GB SSD. I'm really impressed. I installed the core version, free, but without the bells and whistles on the Pro because I thought Pro might be too much for such an old box. There is an old light version too, but I figured I'd go to that only if the old hardware had trouble with Core. Well, Zorin Car is very responsive on that machine and has really transformed it and is great looking too with several beautiful desktops to choose from. One of their claims to fame is that you have a desktop that looks just like Windows 11 or Mac OS, but I just went with a very nice-looking fast GNOME desktop. So far, everything has worked perfectly and is very fast. 
I'll bet Windows didn't run this well on that machine when it was new. I have been putting Mint on Windows machines for friends who wanted to switch, but I'm going to start using Zorin instead. I wonder whether you guys had heard of it and what you thought. Thanks for your great show, which has helped me dozens of times over the years. Keep up the good work and God bless you both. Reed. Well, Reed, as far as Zorin is concerned, yes, we've heard of it and we've actually tried it out. And I think we mentioned it on one of our episodes. Uh, I think we looked at both Core and Pro at the time. And we talked about the fact that Core uh, is probably fine for the average user. Uh, and if you're a new user to Linux, you probably wouldn't miss what's in Pro. But if you wanted to use Pro, it gives you additional features and some additional things you can tweak with. Uh, so it's more uh, more capable, more full-featured, but maybe more than what the average computer user might need. So I, as a disclaimer, Zorin had sent me a review copy right. of of the Pro. So... Uh, I didn't pay, I didn't pay for the pro. I wanted to do that disclaimer. But, um, I have, was using the, uh, core before and I really liked it. Zorin is a, is a good project in my book. Um, they, everything worked fine, but you know my habit of jumping distros. So, uh, yeah, I've always was impressed with Zorin OS. I didn't think uh, I had anything uh, negative to say about it. Uh, it, d- it did work well even on some of my older machines, so you can't really go wrong uh, uh, with Zorin OS. The, it's a small, it's a, I think it's some, um, if I remember correctly, isn't the developers in Ireland or something like that, Larry? Yeah, something like that. I recall that. Not very clearly, but I do recall that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, uh, it's a, it's a small development team. I knew that. I think they're based in Ireland, but, uh, um, I haven't looked at Zorin since, oh, it's been a couple of years ago. Might be time to look at it again. I wish they'd stop releasing all these new stuff. Um, <laughs> But no, Zorin's a, Zorin. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and what's nice is that if you go with the pro, that uh, you know, um, yes, you, you won't have to pay for anything for the core, you know. But if you want to, if you like to work, the pro offers more features and uh, it helps support the developers. So I'm all for that. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else on that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. We can go on okay. to our last email if you want. Sure. So it's George from Tulsa following up again about the green LG Graham laptop. Bill and Larry, I have been affected with declining vision for several years. My vision has been gradually improving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, today, I set up the LG Graham at work in good lighting, and it's green. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The keyboard surround is a green, sage green, and the laptop shell itself is a light and pleasant variant of the same shade. Wonders do happen. George. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. (laughs) For for those of you who didn't hear the couple of episodes where we were talking about George's uh, L.G. Graham, um, he he commented that it was supposed to be green. He didn't see it as green. And I think I mentioned that maybe it's green from an ecological sense. Uh, but apparently it's green in color. Oh, now, okay. George has it in good light. You can see that. <laughs> uh, he seemingly said, my vision is gradually improving. Uh, I, my, my vision is gradually uh, getting worse, but he says improving. Okay. Yeah. I see what he's – okay, I get it now. Don't mind me, George. Uh, I'm glad that you have a green laptop. <laughs> what yeah. opera What – Operating system did he say he was running on that, Larry? I don't it? remember. I think it might have been mint. So maybe it's green on the inside and the outside. I don't know. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, you could also look at uh, a bunch of mate. There, theirs is green, too. That's another green one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think, uh, I, I don't remember what he was running. It's been a while now. But uh, congratulations yeah. on seeing the green, George. And I'm glad your vision is, uh, is uh, gradually improving. So that's that's a good sign. <laughs> Thanks, okay. George. Yeah. Okay, and that's it for our episode this time around, Bill. Our next episode, we will have one. We don't know what it'll be, but we'll have one. <laughs> I might have to. I might have to take Biku's suggestion and uh, look at uh, Bodie again. So. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you get an episode on that one. And, uh, because if it's as good as you say it is, uh, I might, might find an, uh, something else to play with. Yep. Absolutely. <sighs> yes. That's what you need. More. Yeah. Just to hop Thanks. In. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to point out, uh, before we end this, that Biku always throws these suggestions out right with, during the holidays. So, you know, if I have any free time, you know what I'm going to be doing. It's like, oh, I got to try this now. And uh, so it's all your fault, Miku, if we get the episode on Bodie. Yeah, there you go. All right. Okay. So, like I said, we'll have another episode coming up. Uh, and until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.